0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to By Our Love podcast. This is Charlton
1: and Natasha. We are a large Christian family living abroad in East Africa, and we would like to invite you along on our journey of faith, hope, and love.
0: On this podcast, we're going to be discussing our Christian walk, kingdom convictions, discipleship, and church planting,
1: as well as international adoption, the ins and outs of daily life as a family of 12, and inviting on special guests that motivate and inspire us.
0: We hope to be a source of encouragement and challenge the status quo. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our podcast, By Our Love, episode number one. Thanks for listening.
1: Yes, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you pressing play. By looking at our photo, it would be very easy to assume that we are strictly going to be talking about marriage or family. And while both are very important to us, I think our eyes are set on something bigger. And we really want to use this as a platform to talk about the kingdom of God. And our children and marriage are all just a piece of that puzzle.
0: Our family lives in Kampala, Uganda. Kampala is the capital city of Uganda, and it is a large metropolitan area, melting pot of cultures and people from different places all over the world. Roughly estimates somewhere between 1.6 to 2.5 million people, depending on a lot of Uh, individuals who are commuting in and out of the city, uh, but it has the largest university or one of the largest in East Africa, and that's actually our target demographic. Uh, Some of the work that we are doing here in Kampala, one of the major things is a, a church plant. We're seeking to make disciples, obedient followers of Jesus Christ, and that is the main group of people that we are targeting. We have a Christian resource center uh, actually just located near the university where we do several Bible classes as well as uh, we have an anti-abortion ministry, raising awareness, education. Uh, We just finalized a project that we were doing up north in uh, Kitty and Dongo where we were working with uh, refugees doing a shelter rebuild project and hopefully we can tell you a bit more about that in future episodes. So maybe we should answer the question, why Uganda? Why did we decide to pack everything up and move across the world? Uh, Natasha and I got married in May of 2008, and at that time, uh, we were living in the U.S. I was um, pursuing a career in my choice field. I wanted to be a professional firefighter. Uh, It was something I dreamed of doing and pursued it and was able to uh, lay hold of that dream. And then we had our first daughter. And it seemed like life was going very well for us. We had uh, yeah, essentially the, the American dream. You know, my dream job, um, we had a um, wonderful place to live, newly married, had our first child.
1: It was at that time we were actually attending a uh, mega church. In the U.S., and um, we really had a fantastic, you know, group of friends there, and a uh, side note about Charlton, we started going to that church because they offered premarital counseling, and he wanted us to go to premarital counseling before we were even engaged.
0: It's good to be prepared.
1: <laughs> so that is... That's Charlton. He's a, he's a a prepared, I'm a serious guy. Yeah. He's a prepared fella. Um, (laughs) So, uh, but like many people out there, we just had this sense deep down that there's supposed to be something more. And I realized that there was not a real hunger and thirst for righteousness. Like I read in the Bible, there was something missing. I I was going to the Bible studies. I, we felt like we were very devoted, but yet our lives did not reflect that. And we'll be able to go into more of that on uh, future episodes, more background in, and uh, testimonies about this time in our lives. But eventually, through a series of events, <laughs> we came across the book The Kingdom That Turned the World Upside Down by David Brousseau. This book basically tells the story of the first 300 years of Christianity from the viewpoint of the early church. And it highlights the truth of Christianity as a separate nation from the nations of this world. And when I read that, I can honestly say that my world got flipped upside down, as did Charlton's. God was just working on his heart. In some ways, and Charlton was being convicted of different things. That were going on in his life, and I was being convicted in completely different ways. But we came into that together, which is really beautiful.
0: Yeah, exactly, and Natasha. Like you said, sometimes when people get on uh, this journey, uh, and you have uh, a couple, especially a married couple, and one of them are coming to some conclusions and convictions, and the other one. Sometimes gets left behind, and it can it can be something that actually cause a couple to move in the direction apart from from one another and so it was such a blessing that that God really enabled us to walk on this journey together as we both were were being convicted in many ways kind of in separate directions i mean it's it was in one common direction, but we we both had our own little Areas that we were really studying out and being convicted on, and ultimately God was was using that in a big way in our lives and hearts. And, and ultimately, uh, like Natasha kind of already mentioned, we just it felt like there was a big disconnect when we looked at the teachings of Jesus, when we saw the life of the apostles, and then especially when we were able to have access to the resources of the early church and looking at their lives and the the things that they say it just didn't seem to match up with what our experience was as, as Christians. And hopefully uh, we can really dive into more detail on future episodes, kind of just on that aspect of our journey, the things that we were being convicted of, and the way that God was moving in our lives and hearts. Um, but that is kind of what brought us to this point of realizing we needed to make some changes. And we didn't know what those changes were at the time, Uh, but we knew God was uh, shaping and molding us and ultimately kind of preparing us for what was to come.
1: I actually read this great quote by Hudson Taylor that I think really summarizes the point that we came to in our lives. This is actually from the book Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret, and it is a really great book and an amazing testimony in his life is just so inspiring. He says, Well do I remember how in the gladness of my heart I poured out my soul before God, again and again confessing my grateful love to Him who had done everything for me, who had saved me when I had given up all hope and even desire for salvation. I besought Him to give me some work to do for Him as an outlet for love and gratitude. Well do I remember as I put myself my life, my friends, my all upon the altar, the deep solemnity that came over my soul with the assurance that my offering was accepted. The presence of God became unutterably real and blessed. And I remember stretching myself on the ground and lying there before him with unspeakable awe and unspeakable joy. For what service I was accepted, I knew not. But a deep consciousness that I was not my own took possession of me, which has never since been effaced. That perfectly sums up our heart's deepest desire to follow after Christ with our whole being.
0: It was such a blessing to see God meeting us at each point as we began to act in little ways, uh, just taking small strides in obedience to his will uh, and what was revealed just simply through the scriptures and acting upon those things, uh, we, we were really seeing God's hand moving and working in our life. And, and seeing things from a, a bigger picture perspective rather than just a very individualistic uh, me and, and God form, but just seeing how God wants to work through, in and through humanity. It reminds me of a, of a story that I uh, read once that has always stuck with me and resonated, and it's a story about these three builders. Uh, as this man was walking along the road, he sees, <clears throat> obviously, there's some construction, some work going on. He comes up to the first man, and he says, excuse me, sir, may I ask what you're doing? And the man kind of turns and looks up at him with this puzzled look, and he says, seems a bit obvious, I'm laying bricks. He says, okay, and moves down the road. He sees another man who is working. He says, excuse me, sir, may I ask, what is it that you're doing? This man also, with a bit of a puzzled look on his face, turns to him, looks up, and says, I'm laying bricks. He says, okay, moves on. He sees a third person working and goes up to him and says, excuse me, sir, may I ask, what are you doing? And with a a bright face and joy in his eyes, he turns around and says, I'm building a cathedral. And so what's interesting about that story is the third man had the end in sight. He had the bigger picture in mind, and sometimes that's how many of us are going through life. We're just laying one brick after, brick after brick, one brick at a time, and we can't see past the immediate tasks that are at our hand. But when we truly step back and look at how God wants to use us and the work that we get to participate in as, as his servants— um, it should motivate and inspire us, and no matter what part you know maybe you 're maybe you 're laying the east wall, the west wall, maybe you 're putting roof uh, a roof on the building in a figurative sense, in whatever ways that um, that God and wherever he has us laboring at uh, we 're ultimately laboring for something greater than ourselves and it 's the kingdom of god and and it's it 's an exciting thing
1: yeah, you do what you can where you 're at with what you have. So during this time, we had been praying and seeking out like-minded believers with the same kingdom convictions that we were coming to. And we met a family that was on a very similar journey to us. And I just remember driving hours to get to their house and have some fellowship. And we sometimes would even stay the night and then drive back the next day. And during this time frame, Charlton was also looking to go on a trip. I believe it was Haiti you were looking to go to originally.
0: Yeah, originally I was looking at doing a trip uh, down in Haiti. Uh, Myself and actually another individual were looking at going on a kind of a short-term trip there. And it just seemed like there was roadblock after roadblock um, I kept pushing forward. Uh, the organization that was uh, putting a team of people together to go down there uh, let me know that that trip is not going to be happening. There was several issues, and they weren't going to be able uh, to do it. But they said, hey, I can, we can put you on uh, a team that's going to Uganda. And I was like, I don't want to go to Uganda. I want to go to Haiti. So I finally agreed and signed up for that trip to go to Uganda.
1: And of course, I did not go because I was at home with our little girl daughter, Ava, and she was just tiny. Yeah, she was too little. So I had to stay home with her.
0: So, yeah, so it was a very uh, exciting time, my first time going to Africa, and uh, had a wonderful time. I mean, just an absolutely uh, blessed time, beautiful country, beautiful people. Uh, But as I spent time there, I walked away with more questions than answers. As I evaluated my trip and my time there, once I got back stateside, I just thought about the different places we went, the different people we met, and some of the things that we had done, and I just realized that a huge link in the chain that's missing is discipleship. I can remember specifically, we went to this one area, uh, had an abundance of churches around, and people walking around as we talked to various people in that area, most of them professed to be Christian, and I saw that... There was just a lot of sins and people who need food and, and people addicted to alcohol and just all kinds of, of things. And we also went to this island. I remember specifically, it was after that place, we had went to this island out in Lake Victoria. and when we got there, at least as far as I know, I didn't meet anyone who was a Christian. Uh, most of them were just fishermen. Uh, they were drunk. And they lived on this island fishing most of the, most of their life. And it looked the same. There was no difference. So in the one place that where there was supposed to be the light, the light of the gospel, the light of Christ, supposed to be the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God that has come upon a place, and it physically just looked the same as this island that was void of the light of the gospel and the light of Christ— and in my head i said how can this be if if the kingdom of god has come upon a place we should see transformation when, when and i'm at the time i'm just thinking when i read my bible when i see the apostle paul i see a life transformed when we see them going into iconium and lystra and derby we see radical changes happening within the people and the system systems that are in place and I just didn't see that, and and it seemed like what was missing at the time was just this big lack of discipleship that is, that is not happening. I remember at the time a, a phrase that kept going through my mind is that we're getting the go part, but where is the and teaching them to obey all things which I have commanded you. And the promise is that, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And we see that in the Great Commission with Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, uh, that Jesus there, as he commissions his disciples, uh, he's telling them to go, to make disciples of all nations, but the command is to... Teach them all the things that he has commanded his followers to follow. And I think that was one of the major things in mine and Natasha's life and story, is that the, the churches that we grew up in, the Christianity that we knew, the teachings of Christ, for the most part, were absent. I mean, talking about obedience to the Sermon on the Mount is just not something that was talked much about. The emphasis... Uh, for many, is put on personal salvation, and and that's what's happened in a lot of these these countries and a lot of places that missions have taken place is the emphasis is on an individual's need for personal salvation, and salvation is a beautiful thing, uh, but when we we do it at the expense of diminishing the teachings of King Jesus and, and absent of even talking about his kingdom and what it means to be a citizen of his kingdom we we just aren't doing um, exactly what Jesus has asked his followers to do.
1: When Charlton got back from his trip, I could tell that he was changed and he had more fire, so to speak <laughs> to to do God's work, whatever that looked like. He was at a place of complete surrender. While Charlton was away, I spent a lot of time with the Lord, a lot of time in prayer. And I remember coming across this video about orphans and adoption, foster care, and it completely wrecked me. It broke my heart thinking about all the children in the U.S., the children in the world that need a good home that need loving parents and at that time I was like this is what we need to do we need to get involved in the lives of vulnerable children whatever that may look like and when Charlton came back from his trip that was on his mind too so we knew moving forward that we did want to help vulnerable children.
0: Yeah, scripture teaches us in James that pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God our Father is to visit widows and orphans in their distress. And and many people stop there, but I actually like the next part. And to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And that's how we are to um, show our love. So I remember specifically... <clears throat> One time, as I was in the car driving to the fire department for my shift, I had a lot of internal struggles and in, and trying to seek the lord and and just I knew we we had to do something I knew that we you know we are called to be the hands and feet and Natasha and I had been praying about and talking about you know how does how does God want to use us and so as I was driving to work that morning, I was thinking and praying and one of the passages that kept going through my mind was, "If you're going to seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it." And I, I just kept thinking, "Yes, I know, but but I have a great job. I have insurance. Uh, we have a small baby at home. You know, we have a house. We're you know, I don't know what it is that you're calling us to, but um, you know, and and I just kept trying to 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 think things through and rationalize things in my mind." And that verse just kept going through my mind. If you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. And so it was in the car as I was driving that I finally just came to this point of just absolute total surrender, just full surrender. And I said, okay, Lord, you know what? I don't know what it is that you have in store for us. I don't know if you want us to turn right, if you want us to turn left, if we need to turn around, if we need to go forward, what it is but give me the faith to step out of the boat and onto the water. Uh, I want to just completely surrender myself, whatever it is. And I remember specifically thinking another verse, you know, foxes have holes the birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head and I said okay I I can do that for me but at least for Natasha and Ava for my wife and my child can whatever you're calling us to do wherever that may be can we at least um, work something out for them and I just remember that being kind of a bit of a a comical point uh, (laughs) with the Lord as I'm driving to work and um, it's just it's a a moment that I'll never forget. So that same day I got a phone call when I was at work, and it took me a f- few moments to kind of connect the dots and, and of who I was talking with, and as we were talking, uh, the, the um, gentleman on the other side of the phone said, I don't know if you guys are thinking about this, but we've been praying for you guys and thinking about you guys, and we just wanted you to know that if you're thinking about moving to Kenya... Um, then there's a there's a house there and you guys can go and live there and serve the kingdom and and do whatever it is that the Lord is calling you to do and I just remember getting off the phone thinking wow that that was fast <laughs> okay Lord thanks for um
1: instant answer to prayer <laughs> yeah okay this morning
0: full surrender in the car and then and okay now we know um what, what steps we might need to be taking? So obviously, after uh, talking with Natasha and us, uh, spending time in prayer, and also talking with other um, uh, friends and, and family, uh, we we started to uh, make decisions and, and transition in that direction.
1: And that was certainly not easy. It wasn't easy for me. Thinking about moving to another country, I was. I also found out at that time that I was expecting our second baby and I wasn't as excited as Charlton was about moving across the world but I did trust Charlton I trusted his leadership and I trusted God more than anything so I decided that if this is the direction in which the Lord is leading us then I will go wholeheartedly I just want to throw that in there that sometimes the things that we are called to do are not easy for us, but that grows us. That grows us as people. It grows us spiritually and it's important. It's important to be stretched. So long story short, how long was it before we moved? A year
0: no, it was actually longer than that. It was 2 years. Yeah. So we were ready like or at least I was ready. I was like, "All right, let's do this. Let's, you know, can we just go tomorrow? Let's throw everything in a box." Uh, no, I wasn't actually like that. But no, you might have been. You might have been. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was. We, I was ready uh, ready to go and so, um, but it took, it took time. So here's here, some of the issues we, we had become so entangled and tied down to the things of this world. We had a house to sell. We had a garage full of stuff to sell. And so we started holding garage sales and it, and then it eventually came to the point where it was like, okay, we'll pay people just come to our so house. Much stuff. We will pay you to take <laughs> our things away at this point. Don't even buy it here. Here's, <laughs> um, we had so many things to get rid of and just to free ourselves up so that we could go wherever the Lord called us to sojourn at. And so uh, so it took us about two years. And, and looking back, though, I remember Natasha and I reflected back on that time, and we've talked about it since then, is that uh, we realize you know, if we would have just, if we had the ability to just hop on the plane the next day, we wouldn't have been ready for it. Uh, we saw that there was still a lot of work that God was doing in our own a hearts lot of surrender lives. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things that we still had to surrender. And that's that's the thing about surrender is that it's not just this one time event and and then it's smooth sailing from that. I mean, it's it's a daily thing, taking up your cross daily, dying to yourself, surrendering yourself. We have to continually surrender ourselves in light of what God wants us to do, and. Um, we grew a lot in that two-year period. And not only that, God was continuing to use us in that time period to um, to make some more uh, connections, to meet other people, and making disciples. Uh, Natasha mentioned this earlier in the episode, uh, that we are called to do what we can where we're at with what we've got. And many times we can get caught up in the what is going to be looking down um, – down the pipeline and thinking, okay, when I get here, I'm going to do this and do this, that we overlook the everyday opportunities that we have right in front of us to make disciples, to be a light for Christ, and to, to help those around us. And I think that was a trap I, I saw myself falling into many times, was just missing and overlooking the everyday opportunities that we have. But it was such a blessed time. We made some lasting relationships uh, with, with people that we met.
1: And it was very hard to leave those relationships. Yes, it was. Very hard. And uh, when we moved to Kenya, that was actually my first time. Um, The day that we arrived was my first time ever being there. Charlton had made a trip previously, but this was my first time. And I remember staying in a... very dear brother's home he graciously opened up his home in Nairobi to us for the night and it was hot yes it was very warm it was small because you know just just one single fella and I was there with Charlton we had Ava Boaz and I was pregnant with baby number three and Of course, my family thought we were crazy, um, absolutely crazy for going especially while pregnant. But I remember laying there with the babies crying and I'm not feeling well and I'm like, what did we just do? (laughs) But um, like even in that moment landing there, I just felt a little unsure like, ah, here we are what what do we do but charlton was very reassuring and he he definitely was my strength in times of weakness uh, that is for sure and we spent 1 year in kenya and we had ups we had downs good times bad times i can say that we probably have grown the most spiritually in that time frame we really learned to die to self, and I don't look back with any regret because, wow, we have met some incredible people through that opportunity, and to this day, I'm just so thankful for where God has led us.
0: Yeah, some of our deepest relationships come from our our time in in Kenya. Uh, Some of the closest people to us to this day come from our time there, and we'll always be grateful for that. Sometimes you can have this picture in your mind uh, with these rose-colored glasses about how things are going to work out, and and for us, it had always felt like that Kenya was not truly a a landing place, um, not truly home, but maybe a stepping stone to where God was going to bring us next, and so as it was obvious that our time was coming to a close with the mission that we were serving with and with some of the issues and things that were going on, um, uh, other doors were opening for us, and we are so thankful that um, those opportunities presented themselves to move to Uganda. So June of 2015, we we packed up. Um, we closed things out very well uh, with our time in Kenya and with the mission we were serving with, and we... Uh, transitioned uh, our whole family to, or to use a Ugandan term, we shifted uh, our whole family over to uh, Uganda.
1: And actually, Charlton's mom has been along for this entire journey. Hopefully, we can get her on um, in the future, because I really think it would just be such a blessing for others to hear her story. But shifting gears, let's talk about why this podcast is named by our love and why we're doing this.
0: Well, Jesus tells his disciples that the world will know that we are his disciples when we have love for one another. And also in Matthew 22, at the end of the chapter, Jesus said, "'You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind.'" This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets.
1: And we believe that Christian love represents a choice and is less about feelings. So one definition of Christian love that we appreciate is choosing the highest good of another, even at one's own expense. So they will know we are Christians by our love, and it's also by our love that we choose to obey King Jesus. So yeah, we just thought that that title was very fitting.
0: So Natasha, why did we decide to do a podcast? If I remember correctly, you came to me with the idea originally, so why don't you give us some insight here?
1: (laughs) Yes, I did, didn't I? Well, one day... We will be standing before our creator and we will need to give an account for all the time that has been given to us. So I think this just seems like a really great use of time to encourage our listeners in the Lord, spurring one another on to faith and good works, as well as spending quality time together as husband and wife. So yeah, that was my thought process.
0: And as well, we've had a lot of people reach out to us from various parts of the world and wanting to know kind of what we're doing, the journey we're on. And so we figured, well, hey, this might be a good way to just get the message of the kingdom out there using every opportunity, every resource that is uh, at our disposal, and let's use it for the sake of the kingdom. And so. Uh, We're hopeful that, as Natasha said, this can be an encouragement, uh, a challenge, uh, as you continue on your faith journey.
1: Well, I think that's it for our first episode. I just want to thank everyone once again for listening. This has been a privilege. Um, I don't know how often we'll do this. I think we're going to start a little slow.
0: Yeah, maybe every other week, and Lord willing, we can kind of work up to a higher frequency as as time permits but if you want to connect with us we are on instagram at podcast by our love also if you want to email us or if you have questions or maybe even ideas for uh subjects for future episodes uh, you can email us at buy our at gmail.com well thanks again for listening and have a blessed day